What's going on, everybody? It is Jazz, the CEO, back again for another new season of Industry Talk Podcast. This is season four, episode one, and I'm grateful to my guest today for coming on and being my first guest of the season. So we're going to drop some knowledge about shotguns. We're going to talk about ammo. Everybody knows ammo prices are crazy. So we're going to talk about some things you can do if you have time to, you know, subside that pain that we're all feeling. So without further ado, I want to introduce my guest, Sharonda. Sharonda, right? Sharonda. Yes, that is correct. I, I like to get, make sure I get people's names right. But also on Instagram, if you don't know, her name is Pink Shears. We're going to talk about why her name is Pink Shears. Um, it might be a crazy story. It might not be. Who knows? So what's going on, girl? Nothing much. I'm glad we finally connected. I know that both of us have been busy especially the last what Mm -hmm. six months or so yeah especially you congrats (laughs) thank you thank you i'm trying to do things i'm trying to get stuff out there um that's why i started the podcast back up i've had several people hit me up like um hey when is another episode coming up i'm like i didn't even know you listened so uh i guess so i yeah i listen to them too i even get the notifications when um you have new ones out like i'll flag those to be like oh okay cool well i appreciate that dag okay well see you helping me get back on point you know when we get back on point that's why when you were like you're available right now tonight i was like let's do it let's get on so um we let's jump into it um what i watch all the time on your page is one how often you shoot like how often you go out um i personally have never shot at an outdoor range um so i'm always fascinated when i see you out hunting or clay shooting is that is that what it's called clay clay shooting yes for (laughs) generalization it is clay shooting because there's so many there's Quite a few different stages of it oh, okay okay let's go let's jump into that then let's talk about first why is your name pink shears on instagram so as a hobby um i sew i'm not a seamstress or a tailor but i can do um some tailoring but only on women i haven't got to um i haven't took the time to learn how to tailor to men okay. and <laughs> My favorite scissors are these gingers that just so happen to be pink. And so when I first set up my account and you have to pick your your handle name, mm-hmm. I just so happen to look over and my two pair of pink shears <laughs> were sitting there. So pink shears. <laughs> pink shears. I actually really like the name. I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, I like the name. So yeah, keep that. That's good. You need some t-shirts, some hats and stuff. Um yeah so all right let's get into this world now i know i don't know all the terminology i already know so pink shears i need you to open up this world of reloading for us like tell people who don't know what reloading is what it is what does it mean and um, what you have to do so reloading is where you take well, let me start with the um, basics. We commonly, and when I say we, I'm being real general, uh, we refer to ammunition as bullets. Mm-hmm. Well, it isn't the correct term. Okay. It's called a cartridge 
or a metallic cartridge um, if you're shooting pistol or rifle rounds. The bullet is actually the projectile that is sent from the casing and the term sent down range. The bullet is actually what goes down range. Right. So from when I first started learning how to uh, shoot, I kept hearing the term reloading. And it was a struggle for me to try to figure out how to learn how to um, shoot and work on my marksmanship. But it was even harder trying to figure out, well, what's this reloading thing? I wish I knew how to do it because I was just, you know, I, I was an only child, so I was nosy as hell. <laughs> right. So, you know, for entertainment, I like to explore things or just do a little bit of research to see if I'm interested or not. But the more that I learned about and read about online, and I'm also a hands-on person, mm -hmm. like I wouldn't mind learning how to do this. But I'd feel more comfortable if someone showed me or if I got to touch and feel the differences, pretty much like sewing. So anybody can watch it on YouTube, but watching something on YouTube, you know, you run into a couple of things. Right. You don't know if that person, it, what they're telling you is actually the same things. Oh, yeah, and true. then if you learn like me, you want to be hands-on. You know, you may want to read, but then you want to physically see it in action. Well, yeah. I live in the Midwest in Kansas City, Missouri, and there isn't any classes that you can find easily to learn how to reload. And we have millions, and I'm exaggerating on the number, but there is a vast majority of hunters and shooters that reload, but it's almost kind of like a dying craft or a dying hobby. You know, most these older guys aren't teaching um, those younger than them how to reload. And those that do teach how to reload, it's kind of in their core family or connections. So a lot of the ladies that were my mentors that knew I was really interested in reloading, they um, would keep an eye out for things until one day I went into Walmart. And this old timer that worked back there in the sporting goods section was just really curious about me coming in and shopping. And, you know, I was, yeah, and it's just kind of strange to see a black woman back there in the, the um, sporting section, especially in the area that I live in. So he finally got up the nerve to say, you know, excuse me, ma'am, can I ask you a question? And I'm thinking, oh, hell, here we go. <laughs> and he asked me, he's like, well, are you shopping for yourself? your dad, your guy. And I was like, well, you know, I, I shop for myself, but I'm, I just come back here to see what I can find on clearance for five or $10. And so we got to talking and he introduced me like the, the, for a whole year I'd been learning how to, to shoot and just, you know, safely handle a firearm. No one ever told me about the conservation. So yeah. the Most state conservation, yes, they're, you know, state funded and they offer all these classes, including hunter um, safety education. Right. Okay. And everybody kept telling me that they used to offer reloading, but no one is interested. And I'm like, well, I don't think I'm a nobody. I want to learn. <laughs> so I just finally got up the nerve to ask them, hey, 
if I could get enough um, interest in doing a reloading class, would you guys offer one? Because, you know, our tax dollars in Missouri pays for it. So they were like, well, yeah, if we can get 10 people. So they said, okay, well, we'll go ahead and put the class out there. And if we get 10 people, great. But if we don't, we'll have to cancel it. So it was a risk I was willing to take. Would you believe the class filled up and closed out in like three days? Jeez. So, and yes. And then sadly, um, I was the only, I was the only um, woman there. There was another wow. older black gentleman that was there, but these were guys that basically they're retired and they right. all go and shoot regularly at the conservation. So when they saw this, they all felt like they needed a refresher. Of course, or yeah. just to meet other like-minded people. So it was my first time going through this class. I did a pistol round and a rifle round. And then I asked them if they would do an advanced class. And they did. So, it, you know, they, they started having them regularly. And I would show up every time, even though I would do the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. I was getting the mechanics behind it. So... I started looking into, okay, I want to do this at home. So I started researching um, the presses. Uh, I found two cool groups on Instagram, uh, the Reloading Podcast and the Georgia Shooting Connection. And then there's another gentleman out there uh, that's part of Georgia Shooting Connection called, um, his name is Chico Wise. He must have ran across my hand. I think he did run across my handle and he was like, what? a female reloader and she's you know she's black right right so reached out to me and invited me to follow their page yeah <laughs> and he invited me to follow their page so these guys I took what I what I knew and what I learned and they just kind of gave me more in-depth uh information good good spots of resource information from them and then finally there was a uh Hodgton starting their role uh their road show where back in the day hodgden powder company would actually have like salesmen they would go on the road and they'd have these clinics where they'd show people how to reload on site and of course that would increase their sales because you know they had all these new interested people or older guys that needed refreshers that would buy their powder well they were looking to get instructors to do their road shows they would be like contractors so one of the uh, ladies that I shoot with, that was also an instructor, she had an ear out. And then one guy that's an instructor that does a lot of classes that I know in the uh, the industry here locally, he heard that he was part of them scheduling um, these instructor classes. And so both of them reached out to me at the same time. And they were like, are you interested? And I was like, oh, hell yeah. But I was nervous <laughs> as hell. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to show up at this class, take this instructor's course, and I'm not going to know a thing. So and it was what the total opposite. You knew everything. I didn't know everything, but what I thought I didn't know, I knew. I knew what I was mm-hmm. doing, and it was it was really unique because this time um, I was not the only woman. There was another uh-huh. lady that was required by our company. But she wasn't going for the certification. She was just required to go to the learning part. But I was the only black person. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I was so intimidated. And then 
you know, I was in a room and it turned out I was in a room full of, you know, it couldn't have been the more perfect environment. There were guys that had been doing it for years and okay. wanted to teach, but they lived in areas that were nowhere near close to the Kansas City um, metropolitan area. So that was great because they could they were taking um, their roadshow and instructor information and they were um, teaching Boy Scouts, um, 4-H members, you know, think in their local community. Yeah. And I was in a class with uh, two firemen, which I thought was great. So I got to hear from a different perspective on for safety wise, how you should store it. Like most people would think, oh, I store all my ammo in my safe. From the fireman's perspective, that's actually not. That's the worst way to store your ammunition. Oh, that's good to know for yeah, people listening. It is. And and what I learned from them is that even though our safes um, have a uh, fire, uh, what fire. Is I'm drawing a blank now because it's after four o'clock and my brain shuts down. <laughs> And but it's, what? they're what designed to um, withstand heat up to certain degrees, oh. depending on what safe you have. Okay. Well, that's also a slow burn for a bomb. So when you think about it, okay. if you have your ammunition stored in your safe, and mm. say, for instance, it says it's it's safe up to 700 degrees, where if you get a thousand dollar, a thousand degree fire, and a fireman is going in and look for you, that stuff's going to explode. And it's all concentrated in this metal unit. So that's that's dangerous. That's bad. So I got to yeah. hear a different perspective. And then the uh, there's a gentleman that also worked, used to work for RCBS that now works for um, Hodgden. His name is Kent Sakamoto. And some people may know of him from SHOT Show or just mm -hmm. reloading already. This guy's like a genius. I mean, he he literally <laughs> knows this was everything. All in that class. This was all, all in, in this class. Yes, all in this class. So I was pretty much quiet, but right. every time we had to do the hands-on part, you know, I got up there and I was actually shocked. I'm like, oh, I already know how to do that, but you know, I didn't tell them that. I was just more open, and right. you know, went up there and. Yeah, and then pretty much, you know, I was like, oh, you know, let's see if, you know, these guys that actually do this for a living, if I'm, if I actually learned correctly. And I did, right. and I passed, and we had to, it was an NRA class, too, so you have to stand up and do a presentation. So that was great. They're always making you do that kind of stuff in their classes. Oh, my goodness. And I, yeah, I hate prison. It's one thing to actually uh, teach somebody. Yeah. At that point it's not a teaching environment for you. It's just like going to the range any other day with a buddy and doing something. But right, it's another right. thing to stand up in front of a class and know this is, this could pass you or fail you. Exactly. And then the guy, are, you know, critiquing you on how well you speak, how loud you speak. So yeah, those, that's probably the worst part of those NRA classes for me. Like I can talk all day, but it's that one thing about like standing up in front of the class and being like, okay, if I don't do this right, I fail. So let me. Yeah, that's a different kind of pressure. Yeah, that's just a whole different thing. Um, the the equipment though that you learned about in these classes, um, when you decided to do it at home, is the equipment expensive to get? It can be depending on what you want. So if uh, you're thinking about getting into reloading, 
you definitely don't have to go out and buy a $500 or $1,000 reloading press. Okay. You can actually reload a very decent metallic cartridges on Elite Challenger, which a starter kit of that will cost you about 200 bucks. It'll have oh, really? the scale, yeah, the press. Um, trying to think what else comes in it. It's a single stage. So what you would what that is is instead of you being able to pull your press handle one time and you can get um four like maybe four cartridges in a cycle, this mm-hmm. one you'd have to do in stages. So you'd have to deprime all of your brass first. Then you'd have to go back and seat the primers all in one stage. Then you change your um, die again and you go and you'd um, widen your case mouth, which is the opening of the brass casing. Mm -hmm. And you'd change it all of them with your gunpowder. Then you change the die again. You seat all of your bullets and then you put so depending on who you ask, some people call it a crimp. Some people call it a little a little nudge. That's just, just enough grip where it's not a tight grip or crimp mm-hmm. on the bullet, but it's just enough to hold it in place. Okay. And that pretty much sums it up on what a single stage is, a Lee. Now, Lee also makes what they call progressive which if, uh, well, prior to COVID, um, when I priced them a couple of years ago, you could get the starter set for it for roughly about $300 to $350, depending on who you got it from. That one, every time you crank the the handle, it does a different stage in a rotation. So you could essentially load one piece of brass, pull your handle, it rotates. You load another piece of grass. Uh, grass, funny. Grass. <laughs> pull your handle. But on this second pull, now not only is it depriming the um, casing in the first stage, but in that second mm-hmm. stage with that brass that you did first, it's widening the mouth of it. That way you can um, seat the bullet in. Uh, it's dropping the powder and widening the mouth. That way, when you crank it a third time, that first shell moves to the third station. So that station seats your bullet. The second piece of brass that you um, deprimed and primed again, that moved over to the second stage. So now it's at that that point. Now that every time you crank that that handle, you're doing a rotation. So usually after four cranks, that fifth crank, Every crank after that, you're spitting out a complete cartridge. Okay, okay. It's more like an automatic, like more. The the first one is like literally step by step. Yeah. And the other one's doing a little bit more work for you and with you. Correct. Okay. And then they have some that are quite expensive where you can set it up. Um, it kind of has like a little computer to it oh. where you just program in stuff. It'll run it for you. Gotcha. Those so probably running about a thousand and up. Oh, they can cost way more than that. They can go up oh. to the price of a small car, like ten thousand dollars. It just depends on what you're trying to do with it. Right. Okay. Okay. Do the gun ranges where you're at? Do they 
reload their own ammo or are they still trying to buy ammo? So am, am I'm pretty much in the, as city as a city as you can be. Uh, <laughs> none of the ranges that I'm aware of in my metropolitan area reload. Um, they're oh. buying um, manufactured ammo. Got it. Uh, I thought it might be like, you know, economically better for them, but maybe it's not because even the range I go to, they they keep the brass, but they sell it. They keep the brass and they sell it. They don't keep it yeah. for themselves and reload it. No, because it's a it's a liability. Got it. There, okay. there are companies that sell remanufactured ammo, like one of the ones that's actually local um, to Kansas City. It's called On Target. They're a uh, they sell ammunition that's uh, remanufactured, is what they call it, or, or reloads. Um, okay. The range, it's just, especially right now, you know how hard it is to get 22 and 9 millimeter. Mm -hmm. Well, primers, which is a very a key component in reloading, those are, those are hard to get. Okay. And that was my next question because when you were naming the steps, I was like, okay, I hear gunpowder i hear the dye i hear that are those things that you need to do it are those things expensive now as well i understand that the machinery is maybe 200 to five but what about the stuff needed to run that oh yeah it's it's expensive there's a lot of places it's it's supply and demand it's hard to come by there's price okay. uh, gouging there are hoarders there are people that will go out and buy them from bass pro and academy and then turn around and resell them on these websites. So it used to be you could get a thousand primers for like thirty-five dollars. Well, that thousand will cost you about eighty bucks if you're lucky, and that's a big if you're lucky. Right. So, are you reloading right now, or have you taken a break from that? So yes, no. <laughs> I reloaded enough last year before COVID happened because I had plans to have training, um, ah, okay. some more marksmanship training. So I've limited it to myself to five shots a week. And for a couple of reasons to, um, you know, kind of stench or pinch on my ammo. Right. And also it makes me focus more on my marksmanship. So the only thing I've really gotten out of COVID is my marksmanship has improved a lot too. So. Right, because you know you can't play with those rounds. You gotta, you gotta put them somewhere. Right, I gotta make those five shots really, really count. It's, yes. Right, right, right. And then I'll reload those just so I'll keep, you know, in the mechanics of it, and not forget how to do stuff. So. Right. But my stash is very limited. Like the last two times I bought primers, girl, I swear it was like a drug deal. <laughs> oh no! One, I'm serious. One friend came, just so happened to come across a sale um, online at Midway USA, and he bought a lot. And he was like, "Hey, I got some primers. I can sell you." A box. That's all I could have. A brick. That's what I refer to it as. A brick. Oh, no, which a brick is a thousand. <laughs> it's like I can sell you a brick. I get off at six. Just meet me at my house after seven o'clock and just pull up to the garage and you know oh, I'm yeah, passing him money out like the window and he's passing me a brick and I was like, Lord, primers are like drug deals now. <laughs> 
just a just a show disclaimer her brick was really primer primer it for reloading <laughs> <laughs> yes there were no drugs involved <laughs> man i mean that's how this covid thing that is how it is brought a lot of things into play because you know uh people don't want to see you you don't want to touch anything you don't want to do this so it definitely starts to make things so even um shopping period if people like work at gun ranges and stuff and people who work at gun stores they're like yeah now we let everybody in that have mask on but before somebody trying to come to the door with a mask we're ready to shoot them i'm like yeah. right so they're like now we're so we got to be so cautious everybody gets buzzed in and they all have masks on you don't know what's about to happen I'm like, I know that's that's pretty crazy, actually. She be I like, know. That's, that's I was pretty so scary. worried during the holidays because I was like, great, they just made holiday shopping real strange. Right. And you, they had those that tried it. Just yeah, I, I thought it was gonna be way more of that. I, I live, I live in Baltimore, Maryland, so I, I thought it was gonna be way, way more stuff happening as far as like. Oh, I just think this is a regular shopper, but it's a masked gunman or something like that. But I don't know. It was just like it wasn't as bad as I thought it could have been. So I'm definitely grateful for that. Uh, yeah. So, I, you know, the clay shooting. Um, do you use what do you use to shoot the clays? Is there are those actual bullets? Are those actual yeah. cartridges? Uh, okay. we're, I'm using shot shell, which um, shot shell is what you using shotguns so those shot shells should not correctly be referred to as bullets okay and that's because shot shell you can shoot their plastic casing with a brass or aluminum bottom mm -hmm. and um they can shoot slug which can be lead or steel uh okay. pellet or what some people like to refer to as birdshot or buckshot mm-hmm so what happens is there's a primer in that metallic part at the bottom of the shot shell. There is gunpowder. There's a plastic wad, which the best way I can describe it is like a little thin plastic cup that holds those metallic pellets, which could be lead, slug, steel, uh, with some other bean bag, you know, for people that want to shoot, or rubber bullets for people that want to shoot those out their shotgun. Mm -hmm. And then there's a crimp at the top that keeps all that neatly, that looks like the navel when you look at the top of it. <laughs> it keeps all that neatly pressed. So when you shoot your shotgun and the primer ignites the gunpowder, that pressure pushes the wad out that holds the pellet. And when the pellets, when the wad escapes the barrel of your shotgun with the pellets in it, it kind of blossoms open. And right. that's where you start to get your um, pattern spread from your pellets or your buckshot. And the mm -hmm. wad just usually just goes where it wants to go. You'll see those sometimes uh, laying around on the ground, those little plastic little flower things. That's a wad. Okay. Yeah, I'm I am brand new to the shotgun world. I know you're I was in your inbox like, okay, what is this? What is this? What is this? I got my first shotgun a few months ago. Um, I've never been clay shooting. I actually am interested in going, uh I, I kinda wanna try everything. Like I, that's just who I am. I'm like, okay, I wanna try this, 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 this. But out of all the you hunt, you do clay shooting, out of all the shotgun sports that you do, which one is your favorite? 
Oh, Sporting Clay is going to be my favorite. And then after okay. that, Bird Shooting. Those two are tied. I love them okay. equally. I can't pick <laughs> a favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> I love them equally. What What is it that you love? Well, first, what made you go into hunting? So the guy at Walmart, it, so weekly I would go into Walmart and weekly he'd want to see progress <laughs> on my targets. Right. And then finally when I got the group in, yeah, you know, we'd have these, these little 15, 20 minute conversations when I should be grocery shopping. And right. he goes, you know, this is the, strangely, this is the best advice I had ever gotten throughout my uh, little little firearm journey. He goes, mm-hmm. your grouping looks great on paper for something that doesn't move. He was like, you need to learn how to shoot at clay targets. And I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> so he explained what it was and he's like, it's it's a different perspective when you're shooting at something that's the size of a small saucer or a saucer that's coming from any direction, anywhere from 30 to 70 miles per hour, 50, 70 yards away, mm. and you can get on it within seconds and bust it. And he's like, the only thing that you can legally train to shoot all year round is clay targets. You need to learn how to do that. Right. So he sent me back to the conservation. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> so that's how I got started. And oh, God, I sucked. I was so oh horrible. I was so <laughs> horrible. I could not hit a box that just stood there in the middle of a ground with a shotgun. It was horrible. And I'm showing up at this trap field every day. Like I know what I'm doing. And I had uh, older crowds that I would link up with and go to the trap house, which is funny. I used to love saying I'm going to the trap house. Right. What, like, what, what we thought was the trap house back in the day is not the same <laughs> trap house. <laughs> So, like, I'm going to the trap house to miss some clays, and they couldn't get me on target. It was ridiculous. So, one day, this guy and his wife that worked there, I mean, they didn't work there. They were retired, so they would go there every day and shoot. Mm. He goes, you know, you suck. Oh, my God. And I look over at him, and I go, well, make me not suck anymore. Right, right. He started laughing and was like, get your gun and bring your ass on over here. So we go off to the side of the field and he gave me some pointers. And I didn't know that he was um, one of the instructors out at the conservation for sporting clay. So I got a treat. And so we went back to the trap field about 15 minutes later. Mm-hmm. And I got my first target after trying for a year. And it just took off from there. For a year. A whole that, year. Oh, gosh. It dedication. was horrible. <laughs> that is dedication, though. Like, I think people on Instagram in particularly, I think um, not enough people, even in the instructor world, not enough people show progress. They just show, look at my target. This is really good. This is a really good target. I did this. 
my first time ever my eyes were closed and hands tied behind my back. I was on one knee. Like, nobody ever shows the progression from when I started till I finished. And I, that's why I try to show, like, when I started the AI, I try to show, look at me shooting the ceiling. This was when I really, really sucked. And now this is when I'm getting better because I know when I was looking into doing the gun stuff, I didn't have anybody that I saw that was being, you know, authentic. So for you to say, like, yeah, and then a year later, I hit my first clay. <laughs> yes. So it took that long, but that was you. You went through it. You oh, I just it took people with patience, and right. when I got to a point where I just didn't care, I was just gonna show up because I enjoyed my misses as much as I did my hits. I, you know, I just right. I went out on a limb, and I was like, I'm gonna join the sporting clay league. They said I don't need any experience. <laughs> that that was that that stole my heart. I was hooked from there right. on out. I'm really gonna try that. I'm excited. I want to try that definitely. Oh, I definitely recommend trying it. Um, dang, I think I asked you this before. How long is the barrel of your shotgun? Oh lord, Mm. I can't remember. I can't remember either. I, I, you know, I haven't shot it since that day that me and you talked about that. What? Yeah, that's um, that's my problem. I'm worse than a teenage boy. You give give me access to a gun, I'm shooting it that same week. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't taken it out since that day. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to look at it and see how, um, what the, uh, how big it is, and let you know. You know, um, I'm not even gonna give you a hard time because you've been doing your yeah. thing. You didn't got yeah, published. You, know, that, you selling. That's the you? <laughs> I neglect my own self because, like, if I have, I have students almost every day. And it's more handgun than it is anything. So I usually, you know, I'm tired after I'm teaching somebody how to just simply load the firearm, how not to put the uh, ammo in backwards, how not, things like that. So I'm exhausted after I doing a, you know, 48 hour class and then I end up just going home. And then here's my little two cent. Oh, she ain't. A little <laughs> advice. <laughs> okay, okay. And this is something that I had to beat into myself. So, you know, life gets busy and life just happens. And like, I can't go shoot pistol as much as I want to because I'm either working because I had two jobs or I'm out hunting. So I don't get to get as much pistol practice as I had planned on before things got crazy with COVID and ammo. But once a week, even if it's on my way to Walmart or after Walmart or before a class or a clinic that we're doing, I get mm-hmm. five shots. It only takes 10 minutes to go in and get five shots. And with a shotgun, you can take yours before your indoor range class, if they'll let you. And just shoot yeah. one shot shell. Just one. Yeah. yeah. Once a week. Definitely. Gotta make make. I gotta yeah, yeah. There's self care. There's firearm care. <laughs> True. You know I like that. I like that. There's self care. Sometimes self care is you shooting your firearm anyway. So yes. yeah, and you don't have to empty a whole magazine or a whole box. Just you know, just one shot. It's better than no shot. No shots. Yeah, and it, I'm looking at it now, like because I I just got this Gallo Tech wall. And it's up on the Galatech wall, and I'm looking at it now, like, yeah. There's a couple things. I don't have 
I, I keep not having time, but then where I shoot at, we have a private range in the back and they just made a new rule like in the last month or two that we no longer can shoot the shotguns back there. We have to go shoot the shotguns out at their uh, hundred yard range or commercial range. So I'm like, I'm not going out there. Like, <laughs> so whatever I can shoot in here at this moment right now where I'm at, then I shoot that. So I definitely got to make some time, but I think you're right. I think I need to go a few minutes early, take a couple shots, even if it's one, and at least get it in that way. Yeah, and then like you'll get like familiar it. with your gun. It'll, it'll yeah. just shoulder naturally because, you know, as a shotgun lover, the sexiest thing about your shotgun is when it just it just mounts. <laughs> right there without you have to wiggle in your head. Like when I got my fitted yeah. over under and it, we got it mounted to my specifications and adjusted. I I don't even have to think. It just it just uh, it just fits. I, I, I'm I salivating need... right now. Yeah, you sound like it. I had to look back at mine. Like yeah, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I need yes, and I'm I'm going to you know check in with me in a week or two and make sure that I'm you know hold me accountable for doing that. Um, right, send you a text message. You get that yeah. one shot? <laughs> yeah, you get so what's going on? Yeah, you shot again? Yeah, I need to um yeah, because it was also a gift. So you know how when you shot for the, the firearm, you gotta know all the ins and outs because you're spending the money and you're like, Okay, I need this inch, I need this, it needs to have that. So it was a gift. So I don't even really know all the ins and outs about it. Um, it was a gift from one of my NRA mentors. It was like, okay, you can't be an NRA instructor and not have a shotgun, so let's let's do this. So I don't even really know all the ins and outs. I mean, so far when I shot it, I was like, oh, I really like this. Like, And then I got too busy and it was, you know, I'm not treating it like a little stepchild. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, stepchild. So, yeah, I'll do better. I'll do better. Um, yeah. I did shoot a, a lever action recently. Um, I saw that, and yeah. you know, every time you shoot one, let me you send me a picture. Let me know what kind it is, because there's like everybody thinks I'm the shotgun girl. They think, oh, you're the expert. You know everything about shotgun. I'm like, no, right. I don't. I just like shooting all the shotguns. <laughs> right. I always hit you up like, so this is because. Um, this is, uh, this is this and I need this and I need, cause you seem, that's what you look like. Like your Instagram makes me feel like you would know the answer. And for the most part, like, I definitely know more than I thought I did. Like I can actually answer questions without having to look it up. But what I don't know, I have some marvelous resources of people that are actually shotgun experts that I can tap into. And I definitely never take anything away from them. I'll be like, I'm not, you know, I'll be admitting a minute. I don't know, but I can find out. Give me a couple hours. I I think sometimes people underestimate that power of that internet or your resources of the other people around you. Um, you know, you can definitely find out the information quick if it's really what you want to find out. Um, like me, I'm looking at it like I could probably just figure out exactly what inch it is without even getting up out of my seat if I felt like it, right? So I think, and then manual, do you recommend when people buy their shotguns that they read through the whole entire owner's manual? Yes, I do. There's <laughs> a like, couple, yes. yes, there's a couple of things that um, 
you know, most most people, and I, I hate to say it, most men will just tell women, you know, the shotgun, anything you got to do is just point and shoot. That's not true. You're not. Why, why, why do people say that? Why do people I, say that? Where did that come from? I don't know. It came from like 32 grandfather generations ago in the wild, wild west, maybe. Right. Where, and it, just, it just continued. Yeah, it just it just branched out from there. Like I literally thought that when I first started, but you know, with the couple of years I've been shooting, it's not that simple. You know, I, I when I shoot wherever my finger points on my forward grip of my shotgun, I know that's where my shot's going. Right. When I'm looking down the barrel of my shotgun, I know where my shot's going, where the end of my barrel is. Yeah. And I've also tried that just pointing and shooting. And it's like, okay, that may go well with some <laughs> buckshot. Right. But if you're shooting slug and you're pointing one inch to the right of your target and you're shooting 50 yards away or 21 feet, that inch can make a difference. Right. So, and then you have men that tell women, oh, you need a 20 gauge. Here we go. What they think we need. Here we go. Don't get me started on that. When I first started shooting shotgun, only thing I had access to was a 12 gauge. I shoot like crap for a 20 gauge because a 20 gauge, to me, I actually think it's a lot more impressive when I see a woman shooting a 20 gauge and she's just dust turning clays to dust. Mm -hmm. They have a tighter, (laughs) they have a tighter shot pattern. They have a smaller target range to hit than a 12 gauge. Right. Also, mm-hmm. you know, shotgun 12 gauges, most of them are, well, mine is heavy. Both my shotguns are heavy because that's what I'm used to toting. You throw a lighter shotgun in my hand, mm-hmm. it takes me a few shots to get used to it. So those aren't the best pieces of advice to give people, especially women. Mm-hmm. And then also, not all shot... I didn't realize until I started learning shotguns and realized my my first one doesn't fit me, but I fit myself to it. I didn't realize shotguns come in different lengths. Like, we could have the, sh- uh, the same shotgun models, mm-hmm. but like, for a rough example, uh, my Beretta A300, there's nothing special about it. It's the lowest spectrum of the Beretta shotguns. Polymer, you would think because it's polymer, it's light. It's yeah. not, it's heavy. But they make different models of it where the buttstocks are shorter or longer. That can affect your placement. That can affect um, if you're hitting target or not. There are so many things. There, there's so many mechanics and ergonomics to a shotgun. To a shotgun. Yeah. To it, yeah. I I think I think I'm being a bigger creation for shotguns now that I've been trying out different ones. Um and now that I have one, now that I'm shooting, because um, I sh- I've shot a couple and haven't even shot my own as much, but I've shot other people, like people come into the range and they have this like that gold one that I had the other day on Instagram. I was like, wait a minute, what is this? So I'm shooting all this and I'm like, wow, shotguns are 
this is a serious thing. You know, I was kind of like, I always had a duty weapon. So I was, I was always that person who only just practiced with their duty weapon, used their duty weapon and didn't really, you know, venture out to other types of firearms. So I'm starting to have a newfound love for shotguns. And plus I'm so small. I love just having that big old thing and actually hitting the target and actually hitting the X and actually hitting then people looking like, Oh, okay. You might know a little something like, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, and then you know the shotgun is so underappreciated. Like we're, I don't, I don't know if you probably know this on my my Instagram. I don't do much pistol posting, right. right? Or defensive shooting posting. There's the market's saturated with great instructors, great defensive pistol instructors, and I do take those training classes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not a lot of people are aware of shotgun and, it's, and I would love to see more black women learning how to handle yeah. a shotgun and shoot moving targets and even though you can um, shoot moving targets with your pistol like the steel shoots and stuff I actually found that when I started um, really focusing on um, clay targets that it is so much easier for me to hit moving targets with my pistol now because my eyes can focus on those moving targets better and I can time them better. Right, right. I need, I'm listening. I need to be writing down all these tips and tricks that you're giving. Uh, matter of fact, oh, you what you, touch with me. <laughs> why? Matter of fact, what are like? Give me four tips you will give to new shotgun owners, shooters, etc. What are some four tips that you can give them? It doesn't matter if it's hunting tips or clay shooting or just uh, shooting targets in the range. So what I would recommend first is if you can, test out as many shotguns as you can as if you would a pistol because all shotguns shoot differently. Mm -hmm. Go to the, even if you can't, if you don't have the access to shoot them, go to the store, Bass Pro, or any place that has a wide range of shotguns mm-hmm. and just mount them as if you're going to shoot them and you'll feel which one and feels when better. Mountain, when you say mount them, what does that mean? That means putting it on your shoulder. What putting it mean? to your shoulder. Yep. Putting okay. it to your shoulder. And the one bad habit that new shotgun shooters have is your cheek needs to be touching the top rib of that shotgun. And matter of fact, I should probably post a picture of that. Well, there is a picture of that on Instagram. (laughs) I'll, I'll tag you on it. The top part of your shotgun really needs to be touching your face and your cheek. It's not going to scratch your face or pull it or hit you in the cheekbone. Um, (laughs) And practice doing that looking at your stance, if you have one of those door mirrors or full-length mirror, mm-hmm. you know how we stand in a mirror and drive by and see how we look? You right. do that with your shotgun. Okay. Um, another thing I recommend, get dummy rounds and get the weighted ones. Weighted I recommend dummy. that weighted dummy rounds. They're the metallic ones that weigh the same as a real shotgun shell. Okay. And I say that because as you're mounting your shotgun, put those dummy rounds in there so you can get a true, accurate weight of what your shotgun will feel like as you're lifting it. Mm-hmm. That'll affect your balance too. And then 
um, what's my next advice? <laughs> Make sure you lean into your shotgun. We have the bad habit of when we mount it, we lean back. It's just like a proper stance with your pistol. You want that shotgun and not push you back or tip you back. Right. So you got to kind of lean into it. For women, we tell them, shut the door. You know how your hands are full. And you take your hip and kind of shut the door <laughs> just a little like bit. That. That's good. I like that. Yeah. And what's my last piece of it? The best advice. Don't aim. You need to follow your target. Mm-hmm. Even if you feel in your soul. Is this a, missed, a shooting? Huh? This is for clay shooting or or what is that for? Every all of it? All of it. Okay, I'm all listening. Yep. So even if you're doing doing a spinning tree or a steel tree, what do they call those dueling tree? <laughs> your target's gonna be moving in. The biggest the most frequent mistake I made a lot is because I was used to shooting rifle at that point. Okay. I would always see my target. And as soon as I squeeze the trigger, I uh, stopped moving. The target's still moving. By the time you squeeze the trigger, that target's already gone by the time your shot gets out to it. So if you follow through and you're swinging and you squeeze the trigger, keep moving until you don't see that target or you've seen it pass where you thought you should have hit it. Okay. So don't aim, just move with it. Don't aim, just move with it. Okay. I'm going to take these little tidbits out, and it's going to be a whole nother post. Like, Pink Shear said, do, 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 because I know that some people who want to get into the shotgun shooting, and they're just like, eh. And I don't know what the, where this myth came from, but listen, everybody listening, stop telling people that shotguns are easier because you don't have to aim. Now, she said don't aim, but she didn't literally mean while you're standing at the target inside of a gun range or period. She was talking about when you have a moving target. So listen to everything she said. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying that. Right. Yeah, I got I already know. I got to break it down for people. Like, oh, no, she just said no, no, no. Listen to the whole sentence. Now, what, what do you think about magazine fed shotguns? Oh, I want to get my hands on one because my <laughs> ultimate dream is to rent a helicopter oh with God. a 12 gauge shotgun on an AR platform and shoot at some hogs. Oh my God. Is this Why yelling, get to the chopper? Yes, that will be me. <laughs> Tell me what you're going to yell again. <laughs> get to the chopper. Or get in my belly, one of the two. Oh my goodness! Ah, uh, do you do you hog hunt now, or do you just bird? No, I want to hog hunt. Um, okay. okay. I was supposed to a few weeks ago, but with the snow that we had up this way, I was mm-hmm. going to do it in Oklahoma. There was an earthquake in Oklahoma, and the what? ground. Yeah, that was didn't even make the news. It was like uh- three point eight. I think. Oh my God. Okay. So there was an earthquake in Oklahoma. The ground thawed where we were hunting it, so it was too muddy for us to even get to the property to hog kind. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they're predators, so I should be able to get one later this year. Okay. Okay. 
Well, you check in with me on if I shot at least one shot, okay, next week. And then I'm going to check in with you. Like, did you find some new hog hunting plans? Like, what's going on here? Um, yeah, you got to find some new hog hunting Okay. I want, I want to kind of go 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 back Um, before I ask you this last question. I want to go back for people who sometimes don't listen to me. Uh, for reloading, what does somebody need to start with to start reloading? You need to get a book first. Um, mm, the book, okay. <laughs> and I should have mentioned that right off the start. The guys are going to kill me if they ever hear this. <laughs> I recommend getting the ABCs of reloading if you can find it. Okay. Last I looked, it was on Amazon for $30. But because everybody's trying to reload with the ammo shortage, right? it may be hit or miss. Okay, um, I'll look for that book and see if I can add it to our uh, our show store. We have a little Amazon store. Yep, and I have um, I'll send you the link so you'll know exactly which one to look for too. Okay, all right. And you'll also want to get um, I recommend at least three different manuals. Uh, one will be a good one is Lyman, L Y M A N. They also okay. make the reloading um, presses as well. Okay. Um, Hornady, the newest edition. Okay. And, oh my gosh, what's the third one I have? I'll send you a list of, uh, of books. I still okay. flip back to them. Yeah. The bottom line is don't go buy anything. Start reading first. Understand it first before you start yes. spending money on stuff. That is the yep. basics of what she's saying. Um, okay. Um, okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure we have those manuals in, in either the caption when this drops or whatever. Um, that was a good one. And what else? What were you about to say? There's, there's uh, three trusted online resources that they are a trusted group. The two community, no, actually, there's three community resources that you can hit up on YouTube and IG, they all cross each other. They're like the tri-circle or the triad. Okay. Um, there's the Georgia Shooting Connection. There's the Reloaders Podcast. Okay. I'm sorry, Reloading Podcast. Reloading Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, Squatch Reloading. He's a good Squatch. guy. Okay. Yes. Is that on um, are any of those on Facebook too? Because I've seen that you were on. You're in yes. on Facebook. The only one that's not on Facebook is Georgia Shooting Connection, but I think they'll probably get that started this spring. Okay. They're Instagram and YouTube, but those guys also go live, so you can chat with us. And I say <laughs> us because I do make guest appearances on there. I mainly, I'm mainly the pretty face on there. <laughs> Those guys know so much more than me that I'm absorbing more than I'm offering. Right, right, right. And then there's the reloading network. Okay. Mm, yeah, I'm gonna have to put all this in the caption so people can can know. I mean, with the with the reloading and with the ammo shortage, one, why why do you think there's an ammo shortage? 
Well, supply and demand is the big one. So you got these people that can afford to go out and spend several thousand dollars on a pallet of ammunition that bought all up. You have those. Mm -hmm. Then a lot of people, I don't know if they just don't think about it or if they just forgot, or maybe I'm a little bit more sensitive to it because I work part-time in retail. Mm -hmm. When COVID happened, um, not only did places such as retail stores, um, food, meat processing plants, but ammunition plants shut down too. True. Right. Okay. Then you also have to take into consideration when COVID happened, not only did plants shut down because of COVID outbreaks or just trying to get it under control and they weren't considered essential or whatnot. Mm -hmm. There was also some fires at a couple of plants. There was a hurricane down in Texas, Louisiana. All those things affected manufacturing. You had people that worked at these plants that probably passed away from COVID. Right. And right. it's not as simple as hiring somebody up off the street during a pandemic and thinking they can be trained in two weeks. To train somebody at a plant, when I did a research on manufacturing ammunition, that's mm. a 90 day process. Mm. I didn't know that. I never even thought about it like that. Yeah. And when you think about how many months we were shut down for COVID and all the shortages we had, I mean, it affected, for a while we had a, a, a beef shortage. Right. And did. they're still, yeah, they're still trying to catch up from that. And then there were shipments. Some of the components they need are imported. Importing got shut down for a little bit. Yeah, there's a lot of components to that. And I think us on the outside, like including me, we're like, okay, well, what's going on? Why are they not just making more? Like, so yeah, that's that's a good breakdown. Mm, yeah. What, what, yeah, so and, and, it's and just like toilet way, paper. What, what, right. Don't get started on this toilet paper thing. <laughs> um, with reloading, though, do you think if more people reloaded, the sh you know, it would help with people being affected by the shortage? Not necessarily. It probably would be we'd run into the same problem we are right now. Right. There's just not enough of the components right. for people to, to purchase and reload. Um, even now, like I notice when you're trying to purchase a gun, mm -hmm. if a store or like your small chain range says, well, I can put you on the waiting list. I've seen those systems. The waiting list may say uh, back ordered or allocated. Okay. Allocated means that they're manufacturing some, but they have to make a commitment to the top retail train uh, chains, not trains. Lord, I'm tired. They have a commitment <laughs> to retail chains, the big heads. And then if there's five or six guns left over, they may ship them to the little mom pop stores. Right, right. Oof. Yeah, this is a. Um... You know, do you think it's going to last a lot longer? I mean, I just realized yesterday that this has basically been like a year at this point. Yep, um, it is. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. Wow, it's been like a year. Yes. Yeah, so <sighs> I did look up and find a um, 38 special for like $250 the other day. Um, 
everything I was looking at, I wanted a snub nose, but everything I was looking at snub nose wise was like $500. And I'm like, I'm not about to be carrying this enough to be paying $500 for it. So I did look up and get something for $250. I needed it for the NRA classes. Um, oh, yeah. I still need to get me a revolver. <laughs> yeah, I, I never, I never thought I was gonna be carrying one, but once I became an instructor, certain classes need, you know, certain things. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll grab one. So I did look up, but right now, man, the ammo and firearms is just, it's just, it's crazy. It's, you know, it's crazy. But um, I appreciate you letting us know the ins and out of uh, reloading. I don't think a lot of people know that females reload and i don't think a lot of people know what reloading is at all like i think people are starting to hear about it more now um but i've never heard about it you know until covid hit actually i didn't even know what it was um and and can any like can anybody just grab brass from the range like if you go to the range and you shoot at the range and you pick up all your brass and instead of throwing it out down range and you just grab it, is that what they're using to reload? Just yeah. simple like that? I saw a yeah. young lady and she was like picking up all her brass and I was like, what are you doing? She was one of my students. I was like, what are you doing? She was like, oh, I have a friend. He reloads. So every time we go, to, me and my husband go to the range, we grab all our brass, put it back in our bag and he reloads for us. And I was yep. like, no. That's exactly what they're doing. And even if you're like thinking or considering reloading, Save it. Worst right. case scenario, you can either sell it or give it away to somebody or you'll have some. Because I saved brass and was given brass for a whole year before I even started reloading. And a lot of people will ask me, well, how much would you say it cost you per cartridge? I honestly can't give them an answer because I started off winning with the brass. I didn't right. have like a couple of hundred. I had crates of brass like those huge rubber made totes I had probably about seven of those where do you, where do you store them where where would I store my brass once I start collecting it someplace dry so if your basement is dry it's okay to store them down there okay um if your garage I would recommend storing them in your garage if it's not insulated well. Like it can be hot, cold, but you don't want it to get humid. And if your garage is the only place that you can store it, keep some of those um, dry can, uh, those uh, devices that keep your uh, safes dry. Just throw those in there too, because you don't want your brass to get moist and start having a corrosion build up on it. Right. Okay, okay. Is there anything else you want to tell the new reloaders, the new shotgun owners? Um, matter of fact, one thing I didn't ask you, before I let you go, I know you're tired. Um, it's a little too late, I think, to drink coffee. I know we both love coffee, but... Um, I've been sitting here drinking a cup this whole time. See, oh my I'm God. on cup two. I drank <laughs> a cup right before we got on the phone. I was like, I don't care that it's six o'clock. I'm going to drink my coffee. Um... So what is your favorite shotgun? Your favorite brand, your favorite type? What what is your favorite? If you So I actually have two. Okay. So I am an over under lover. And that's okay. where you have a barrel that's one barrel sits on top of the other. Mm. And semi-automatic. I don't like pumps. And it's a personal preference. There's nothing wrong with the pump other than I'm lazy. 
<laughs> and that pump is like two or three seconds. I don't want to waste to chamber another uh, shot shell to hit my next bird. Ah, okay. It's just a preference. There, there are people that can do it and do it very well. I know women that bust clays all day, coming out two at a time. So you like action. double barrel semi-automatic shotguns? Um, double barrel and semi-auto. Yes. Okay. Okay. So um, mine is a single barrel, but it's also a pump and magazine fit together. Yep. So I think I I, I told him I wanted pump just because I never had one before, and I kind of wanted to go the old school gangster movie way. So yeah, oh, yeah. That's, another, that's another episode. But uh, yeah, okay. So I need I'm, I'm, I don't think I've ever shot a double barrel though. Yeah, and they I've, only you know, shoot two shots at a time, which is perfect for clay sports. Ah, see now I got something to look forward to trying out because I don't, I don't think I've ever shot a double barrel. Everything I've tried at the range was always single barrel. Yeah, and then they, it still simulates single barrel shot. It's just for me, it's just you look classy while you're while you're walking <laughs> with that shotgun broke open over your shoulder, ah, and then yes. also um, that double the double barrel. Um, I can only load two shots in it, so I gotta make I gotta make those shots count. Like with my semi-auto, I notice I get a little lax because I can have that third shot in it if I'm hunting. Right, right, okay. Mm. Yeah, you got me thinking about some stuff. Some stuff I gotta try out first. I need to I need to read my manual on my shot. That that is my homework yes. episode. I need to be one with my shotgun. Um, oh, yeah. and the important thing about reading that manual, you need to know if you can shoot steel shot out your chokes, mm -hmm. and you need to know what your choke range. You know, you need to know the difference between yeah. bottom, if you use chokes in your shot, yeah, uh, modified, improved. My, I was telling you, I think one time that it came with multiple chokes in a case, and I could switch out the chokes, and I was like, "What the heck is a choke?" Yep, a choke uh, squeezes how your shot comes out your gun. So a choke, um, I'm not to the point yet where I can visibly see it with my eye. There are some guys that can actually see the pattern of the shot when it comes out. I can see the dust, but I can't tell the spread. Okay. But the choke will determine how tight your grouping is of your pellets once it comes out the shotgun. So... Um, you either may want a wide range, depending on how close your target is, or you may want a tighter range because as it goes out further, it'll start to spread. Okay. And to visualize how your shot would um, affect your target, you should pattern your shotgun. And basically what you do is you change the chokes, you shoot about 25 yards from your target, and you see how those little pellets hit the paper with each of your chokes, and that'll let you know how to change it. Okay. Um, some chokes, they the manufacturer will recommend to not shoot steel through it. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm. I'm listening to all this. I'm making a mental uh, uh, checklist 
I need to read my manual, figure out all these these little chokes. I need to figure out what it allows me to do, what it doesn't, what what, what it has. Because it, it came with a couple of things. So I remember sending you a picture like, um, I think this is a choke. Um, so and I have a lot. And you know what the really bad thing is about me not shooting is when my friend came from Virginia and he brought me a lot of ammo. He brought me a oh. lot. Yeah, he. I have a lot of... <laughs> I um he even brought me a gift. It, this one I I won't be shooting, but it, it's just like a five box, and it um it's like it has the hollow point inside of the shotgun shell. Oh, those are good for deer shooting. Yeah, he gave me a box of those. Like, hey, here's a um gift for your shotgun. And I was like, what in the world? So yeah, I need to get on it. I'm I'm neglecting my shotgun. I feel bad now. Thank thanks for that. Oh, thanks yeah. so much. <laughs> and never hesitate to call your manufacturer if you just don't know because like I didn't know for certain if I could shoot rifle slug out of my Beretta A300 which is a semi-auto mm. I didn't know for the longest that they make rifled slugs for semi-automatic um, choked shotguns okay you I called call the manufacturer they told me which brands worked well through their shotgun. Oh, okay. All right. So let me recap that. Listen, read your manual of your shotgun, every firearm, honestly. And you don't hesitate to call the manufacturer. Exactly. Sometimes the gun store people don't actually know these answers either. They sell no, the they don't want to admit it. Right. And they don't want to admit it. So they either give you a runaround or they give you the wrong answer. So definitely skip over that and go to the manufacturer. That is a good tip um, to remember. That's why I had to recap for people. You know, I'm a recap. I mean, I like to recap for people. So yeah, let, let's do that. Um, I'm going to get on my homework. I'm going to read my thing. I'm going to shoot more. Um, I'm going to see if you're uh, out here doing what, what you say you wanted to do with the hogs. Um, I'm going to be like, what, what's going on with the helicopter? You got uh, you got any leads on oh. helicopter? Girl, look, I got it priced. I just need to come up with a thousand racks to blow on it. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, hey, I so you know what? Before I go, I want most people know that the podcast is dedicated to the security industry, right? So people might be listening and go, well, what does this have to do with the security industry? I'm going to tell you why it ties in, for me at least, personally, for the security industry. There's a lot of security officers, executive protection bodyguards, et cetera, who carry shotguns. It's either their long gun for their duty weapon or in their patrol car, just like when police was carrying shotguns and you know now they're carrying ARs. But um, just like that, I think some still do. We still have security officers who are on tactical response teams, active shooter teams, and they carry shotguns, but don't know anything about the shotgun, one, or they don't take it to the range because all they're shooting is their pistol at the range, right? So I wanted to do this episode with somebody who I felt was knowledgeable in at least helping people get started on shooting and what they should learn. And she's, she's given great tips. So for those officers that are listening who might not have grabbed what I was trying to do, that's what I'm trying to do. Go to the range and practice with all your firearms that you carry on duty. Um, not just the one that looks cool and makes you feel like John Wick. Let's, you know, cut that out in 2021 where we're only, you know, practicing with our pistol. I'm guilty of it. You know, I just started practicing with the AR. 
So I, I'm guilty of it. So I appreciate you coming on here and kind of dropping some jewels and giving us some tips, drinking your coffee. I didn't even hear you swallow or gulp one time. So you did very well with that. Um, oh, <laughs> right. You know, so that's, that's how that ties in in case anybody was wondering. There's a lot of avenues and levels to this industry. And I think this, this season, I wanted to kind of branch out a little and, and you really helped me do that. So I appreciate it. Um, we'll follow up. Um, I definitely want to share those manuals. So we'll talk about that offline um and get the stuff put in the store for people so they can know that they need to read these manuals before they start trying to reload but i am going to start collecting my brass because i think i want to try this out yep um, and save your shot shells uh casings too those are reloadable oh. okay is there any particular ones like kind is it the, the gray Winchester double A's are the best to reuse multiple times. Gotcha. Gray Winchester double double A. Double A. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. I'm gonna get you to text that to me. So yes, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start collecting my brass. I'm at the range all the time with students, so I have plenty of time to grab some brass and continuously look for primer and and stuff like that. So I'm gonna get into it. And we're gonna stay in touch about that. Cool. Oh, and I got one more piece of advice because we didn't even Ooh. talk about pistol grips. Oh, don't shoulder your pistol grip. Don't shoulder don't your pistol shoulder grip. your pistol grip. I, picture of that. <laughs> I don't. Actually, I don't have one on mine, so I, I I didn't make that mistake. But tell us about that though. Your pistol grip. What is your pistol grip on a shotgun, and what 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 people do by mistake? So the pistol grip of a shotgun doesn't have that long buttstock at the back where it uh, presses up against your shoulder. It just has a little nub where you can walk around like, what was that movie back in the day? Mad Max, I think, or, or Terminator, where he held it by that little knob in the back and just pumped and shot it. Don't oh, yeah. Don't put your shoulder. Don't put that on your cheek. That mm. one is designed for you to shoot pretty much from your side oh, because okay. you'd be surprised at how where you think you're pointing at or where you're aiming at it's not where your shot's gonna go right i know which is, is it is it are those um nubs usually on shot uh sawed off shotguns or are they on okay yep. on sawed off, like a good one that you can google for an example is the uh shockwave 590 yep that's exactly what i'm thinking about in my head yeah yeah i used to want one of those and then i decided oh, I yeah I, I was like i think that's the first one i want um so yeah so i think i still do too now that you mentioned it now i'm thinking about it so yeah okay all right i want i want yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be posting some of this stuff um because we're we're branching and we're gonna start doing a little bit more in our stories. So I'm gonna take some of the subjects out of our podcast and make them the stories just to kind of keep reminding people about the tips that is you know given on these shows. So that's one of them. Do not put that on your cheek or your shoulder. Your shoulder. What it's meant for. And I'm sure you've seen somebody do have you seen somebody do that in person before? Yep, saw a girl do that and dislocated her shoulder, and I saw a guy do that and cracked his cheekbone. Oh my goodness! Yeah, definitely gonna dwell on that a little bit. We don't want none of those problems. 
none of those problems. Mm. Where can tell people where people can find you or get involved with the stuff you're doing in 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 your um, where you live at, um, your Instagram, etc. So my Instagram is Pink Shears, one word. Um, it's a lot of narcissistic. <laughs> <laughs> I do put in my storyline. Um, Women that I am close to and know personally when I see them take huge steps in their journey. I'm also one of the four founding members of our organization called Wild Herness. That's W-I-L-D-H-E-R-N-E-S-S. Our uh, organization is geared towards getting women outdoors, not just involved in hunting, but all aspects of outdoors activity. My um, outreach is um, inner city women. I am trying to and attracting more black women mm-hmm. to learn how to do basic outdoor stuff. You don't have to be a diehard hunter like me, but come shoot some clay with me. Or if yeah. you're curious, you can do that. Oh, you want to go fishing, but you're scared to go by yourself. Oh, we'll do a clinic. Come with us. You know, we'll, we do things like that. And my Facebook page, it's um, it's not public, but it's not private. Like I'll <laughs> let people on my page because I don't post. Yeah, I don't post all of my life on social media. Right. And it's under Sharenda, S H A R E N D A. Dot uh, not dot, just Burt's B I R T S. But if your profile picture is you with a marijuana plant. And your name is Footy <laughs> McFooty. You're not being uh, accepted. Right, right. You're not getting it. You're not coming past. It's not happening. Yes, because I do have people that work for Parks and Wildlife that are on my page. Possibly ATF. Right. You know, so <laughs> if your profile looks a little weird and I don't accept your friend's uh, request, it's personal. But right. it's more for your benefit. Personal, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yes. I actually need to do something like, I don't know, my birthday's in July. I need to do something like a birthday trip or something. Cause I, I want to do all those things you mentioned. I want to hunt. I want to fish and I want to do clay shooting. So well, you need to come to Kansas City because yeah. we have all of the above coming in June. And if we don't as in my spot. I'll make it happen. Okay. All right. We'll be in touch about that because I want to do that. And I, you know, these activities are also very COVID safe, in my opinion. It doesn't take a lot of people to do it. I don't need to be around a lot of people. I like that. We're going to make that happen. Yep. Social okay. distancing, outside, all yeah. that good stuff. Right. Exactly. All right. Thank you so much. So much. This this is actually, I try, I know, let me tell you, I lied to you first. I said, you were going to stick to this 30 minutes. That did not happen. I apologize. <laughs> oh no, it's good. I enjoyed it, but I like your yeah. I like your podcast. You your, yeah. you guys are always uh, the I guys you bring it. on so entertaining and so informative. I, I I really appreciate you saying that because one key word you said was the guys you bring on, and that is one thing I needed to make sure that I am intentional about this season is bringing on more women doing more things in the industry. The guys I have on, I still am in contact with every single one of them. Um, 
all the time. But I realized after like going through old episodes, like I need more women on this show. So I appreciate you helping me out with that as well. Um, you are the first episode of the season and you are the first woman of the season. So thank you for being that. Oh, well, thanks for the honor. And, you know, may you improve upon your future ones. <laughs> thanks for letting me be the test subject. <laughs> you're helping. Your, your information is absolutely helping a lot of people. It's going to be a, some people that's going to hit me up like, girl, I went to Walmart the other day and I started talking to the guy at the counter because those little things little by little help people connect with different things. That Those little tiny things that you don't think are even going to mean anything to anybody that's going to help because that's going to be me. I'm going to be a dick talking to somebody named Andy and me and Andy, she, he's going to teach me how to be uh, picking out shooting stuff and where I can find it in Maryland. Cause that was another thing I couldn't, I kind of live in the city. I live in the County, but you know, the area around me is, is most city. So I'm like, I don't really know where to go to do this hunting thing or shooting thing. I'm not going to Virginia. I don't right. know. I might get lost and not never come back or something. I don't know. So you know, I now know that, you know, I need to reach out and see if there are any organizations out here and things like that. Um, so you help me think differently about finding the things I need to find here. But we're definitely going to get that June birthday trip um, together because I'm not one of those people that have to do it on my birthday. It just needs to be around. So mm. that, that, I just need enough notice to plan something epic. Okay, I'm here. I, now, if I got $2,000 to throw down on a helicopter, I might go in with you on that. Okay, Girl, I'm I ain't got that. You. I ain't got that now, and I ain't gonna have that thing because <laughs> teapot like to eat, <laughs> and she like rent, and she like water, gas, and light. Oh, I ain't got two thousand dollars on that right now. <laughs> All right. All right. You guys make sure you go follow her on Instagram. I appreciate you coming on. I can't wait to drop this episode. I will talk to you later. All right, you have a good one and congratulations again. Thank Girl, I'm so you. proud of what you are doing. If you guys don't know, I have a book out. So make sure you go get that book. The link is in our show uh bio, my bio on I am Jazz the CEO. Um, it's called From Zero to 35 De-escalation tips, tactics, and techniques to use before ever using your weapon. So we'll get into that on another episode, but go look for it right now. Thank you for reminding me to say that because I forgot got you. All right. See ya. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> <laughs>